Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Steve Preda, who is the business coach at Traction Equity. His website is tractionequity.com. And also, uh, Steve is the author of the book, Viable, Your Guide to Building a Self-Managing, Fast-Growing, and High-Profit Business. Without further ado, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Great to be here with you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, thrilled to be able to chat with you today. I know we did some a little housekeeping before we got started, but uh, I'm really excited to dive into this discussion today. Um, I want to start by just briefly talking about uh, your company here for a little bit, um, uh, Traction Equity. For people that are hearing about it for the first time, just real briefly, you know, what what do you do and who do you like to serve? So I'm a leadership team coach. I work with the leadership teams of small to mid-sized size organizations, and I help them become better, uh, become more organized, grow faster, be more profitable, have more fun, uh, building a business, have a better team, have a better culture. That's what I do. And my company is called Traction Equity. And the idea here is that you can raise equity by going to the private equity group and ask for money, and then they will take a chunk of your company and they will help you run your business better. Mm. Or you can implement a process that will create traction in your business and that's going to create equity in your business as well. So that's an alternative to raising money from, from financiers is to get organized, orchestrate your business, uh, instill value drivers and uh, create a great team and create equity in your business. I really like that. So as you mentioned, it's like instead of maybe just going to uh, toward um, investors to just learn to generate that own equity in your company. Exactly. And keep 100% of it, right? That's yeah. the fun and, and no one tells you how to do it. Uh, you may hire a coach who will come, come in once a quarter and will ask you some questions, hold you uh, uh, accountable, but it's, it's okay. It's tolerable. Even entrepreneurs can tolerate a coach for one day, <laughs> uh, someone who will kind of challenge them as long as they, they are rest, uh, left to their own devices the rest, the rest of the time and they can run the company as they please. I love that. Uh, Steve, I know that one of your pride points in your company is that uh, you help leadership teams elevate their company to break through ceilings and to get to their pinnacle. I like that word pinnacle. Can you let us know what that means to you and, and what that means to your, you know, and how you, uh, I guess, uh, implement that to your, to your clients and your customers? So the pinnacle is what the client sees as their pinnacle. So mm -hmm. we all have our goals, but not all of us, but most of us have some goals. We, you know, we know what the pinnacle means for us. What does it mean? What is the equivalent of winning Olympic gold mm. uh, for, for you, Jan? Uh, I'm sure you have that. Uh, I have mine as well. But it doesn't really matter what mine is. What matters is what my client's pinnacle is. So yeah, they define it. They define it. And, uh, you know, it's based on Jim Collins' idea of this big, hairy, audacious goal. So what is this big goal that you can galvanize the whole company to go after you know, 10 years into the future or, or longer, basically long uh, into the future so that it gives you enough time, enough of a horizon so that you can really think big and, and have this audacious goal 
your pinnacle to go after. And then you reverse engineer. How do I get there? You figure it out together how you can get to the pinnacle. Um, I think it was Bill Gates who said that most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and most people underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. Right. So that's kind of the idea that let's not underestimate what we can achieve in 10 years. Let's have a big, uh, audacious goal. Uh, let's set the pinnacle and let's figure out how we're going to get there. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I appreciate you uh, sharing that, Steve. Um, so with that said, I, I want to uh, actually get into your book, Viable, your guide to building a self-managing, fast-growing, and high-profit business. And uh, in your book, you actually tell your story in there, uh, discovering uh, some management frameworks and uh, you know, just along your journey, sharing some challenges that you went through in your business, um, how you even recovered and then sold your business uh, to a private equity group and became a coach, a business coach today. So that's a little background that I got from your book here. Uh, tell us a little bit more, elaborate more on that story for people that are hearing that for the first time. Yeah, so so my story, I, I feel like I always had this entrepreneurial uh, streak in me. Uh, kind of, I always yearned. I couldn't articulate it when I was young, mm-hmm. but I had this feeling that I can do something exciting. I can so, do something which is kind of no limit kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I can have an exciting life when I travel and I... You know, I, I do uh, exciting things and and uh, big things, and uh, my great grandfather. So my parents were are still professionals, uh, doctors, and mm. you know we've got lawyers in the family. So we've got a lot of professionals in, in my family. I'm kind of the only entrepreneur, but uh, I think I or I inherited my genes from my great grandfather, who was uh, a very successful uh, baker, mm. built bakery chain in pre-war, uh, pre-World War II Hungary. Mm. Uh, and and I, he was kind of my idol in the sense I never met him, but I was really uh, smitten by his story of how he built this business, being an orphan and being, uh, you know, just being lost in a big city. And long story short, he built this business. So that was my inspiration. And I, I thought that when I was in high school, I, I was looking for opportunities all, all the time, how I could start the business. Mm-hmm. And when I got out, I had this idea. It was just, Hungary was just going from, um, from communism to an open uh, democratic uh, society. Mm. And I had this idea for this board game, which was would be called uh, Socially. It's kind of a, a play on Monopoly, Socially. And mm-hmm. it would be about, uh, you know, monopolizing uh, businesses, kind of the opposite of, of capitalism. And that was my business idea. And then I got this uh, this scholarship in the Netherlands. So I kind of abandoned that. And I got, got a job in London. Mm. And then I got a job with an international bank. And I was on the management program. So they, they paid me pretty well. So so my entrepreneurial uh, plans got postponed and postponed and postponed. And I was 35 mm. years old. And eventually, there was a, the bank I was working for had a soft summer and they re- decided they had to reduce costs and they looked at their payroll and I was one of the higher pay- paid employees. And they thought, okay, let's let's get rid of Steve. And that was that was the start <laughs> of my entrepreneurial career. Wow. And it was a very good thing. Uh, yeah. I started my business and the management frameworks that I talk about in my book, mm-hmm. uh, the first one I came upon was 2004. I read The E-Myth from Michael Gerber. Mm. And I was got really excited about this, this how to orchestrate your business and, and make it uh, kind of scalable and self-managing. So I implemented everything in my company and it really helped us grow. Mm-hmm. Then in 2008, we kind of hit the rocks and then we recovered 2009, 10, 
11. And then I found Traction, which is another management blueprint. Mm. I named my company after. And, and I implemented those tools as well. They were higher level tools than the EMIS. So that took us on another trajectory and that helped me grow the business so that I could sell it in 2013. And that's when I came over here and became a, a leadership coach. Thank you so much for elaborating uh, on that history. And uh, I love how, you know, you started entrepreneurship at 35 and uh, I mean, partly because you had to, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, you did get started and you were able to uh, really follow the E-Myth book uh, by the book in a sense, like following it um, page by page. And, um, and it sounds like you were able to uh, today in your book Bible, uh, be able to take the best of that, but also uh, with, with your interpretation and with the lessons that you learned, um, being able to put this in this book Bible. Yes. So the, the E-Myth and also Traction, I mm-hmm. call these books Management Blueprints. And mm-hmm. a management blueprint for me is kind of a cookie cutter way of implementing management concepts. Mm-hmm. And I got really interested in this idea uh, three or four years ago. And I did a lot of research to, as to where these concepts come from. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that there, there were actually seven uh, critical concepts that come from authors starting from 1911, Frederick Winslow Taylor, who mm-hmm. discovered that you can implement processes in your business and you can scale it uh, with the, and make it much more productive mm-hmm. through, um, you know, uh, Peter Drucker and Jim Collins and Andy Grove and others who came up with these concepts. Mm-hmm. So what I do in my book is I talk about these, manage- these seven management concepts. They are also behind me on, on this background. Uh, and uh, and then I talk about those management blueprints who take these management concepts and actually turn them into a practical tool set mm-hmm. that allows you to implement it in your business and grow your business. And there are 10 management blueprints that I, I discuss in the book. And I talk about how they uh, interpret these concepts and how they uh, help you implement them in mm-hmm. your business. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, obviously, uh, for people that are watching via video, they'll see the concepts uh, right behind you <laughs> on your on your screen. But to our listeners, what are maybe um, one or two of the management concepts that you think would be most applicable to uh, small business owners today and entrepreneurs? Maybe just like the starting the starting concepts that they should work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the trick is, or the magic is actually implementing all seven. Mm. At the high level, there are three groups. So these seven concepts fall into three groups. Mm. Uh, The first group is the foundation. I call them the foundational uh, concepts, uh, which is basically figuring out Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great, Built to Last, some of the most iconic business books. Mm -hmm. He said that the first thing you should do as an entrepreneur is get the right people on the bus and put them in the right seats. Mm -hmm. That's that's what uh, foundation is about. So when you have the right people in the right seats, then the next step is the direction. So where are you mm-hmm. going to take your company? And that's all about figuring out your vision, your long-term vision, your vivid vision, your, um, your, your purpose, and then figuring out your strategy. So when you know your vision, how am I going to get to that vision is mm-hmm. your strategy. And that's your direction. And then the third group of these concepts is what I call production. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when you got your foundation down, when you have your direction, then you have to be really good at production which is execution. So execute your strategy in your business. And when you do that, then you also want to create processes so mm. you can delegate and you can uh, uh, basically uh, liberate your leadership team so people can work in the future, work on your strategy. 
And the final piece is the alignment. Mm. You want to make sure that everyone in the company is fully aligned around your vision and your strategy, and everyone is rowing uh, in the same direction. And that's when you your company really starts firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So what I was hearing is uh, the foundation, the direction, production, and then alignment. Alignment is part of the production. Mm. So, so if you look on this diagram, the mm-hmm. three bottom uh, concepts represent the production. Mm-hmm. So execution, processizing, systemizing your business, and then creating this alignment so that uh, it's all uh, going like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one of the key words that you mention quite often in your book, Steve, is self-managing or self-management. Can you let us know what that means for our listeners? This is a critical concept, and mm-hmm. this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs miss. My business that uh, that I, I sold eventually was a, um, an investment banking business. So mm-hmm. what I did, what my team, what we did for our clients who were entrepreneurs of small to medium-sized businesses, we helped them prepare their business, make their business viable. Mm-hmm. And that we helped help them find investors. And what happened uh, with many entrepreneurs, they thought that it's easy to sell your business because all you need to do is you hand over the keys to someone and they're going to take it over and they're going to run it for you. Mm. But in reality, this is not how it happens because the owner of the business is often the most critical uh, person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they know, you know, they have all the history and all the technology of the business and the how-to and the relationship. Everything is in their head. It's in their uh, person. Often they are the face of the business. So uh, unless they transition all those functions and roles to other people in the business, which I call being the business being self-managing, Mm-hmm. They won't be able to just step out. So they won't be able to sell the business, hand over the keys. They will have to hand themselves over with the keys, which means that they will have to pay work for this buyer for several years and, and earn their way out of the company, which is not a fun for an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, the fun way to do it is to make the business self-managing and then hand over the keys. And this was my story. So uh, mm-hmm. before I sold my business a year earlier, um, a private equity fund manager uh, approached me and uh, wanted to partner with me, which I kind of interpreted that he wanted my business. He actually wanted to work with me as a mm. entrepreneurs and have my resources at his disposal. So when I asked him to, to give me an offer for my business, because I'm coming to America, he basically told me that, yeah, here's the offer. I buy your fancy furniture and your computers, but the business is not really valuable without you. Mm. And uh, and that that's when you know the coin dropped for me, and that's when I, I got serious about orchestrating my business, making it self managing, uh, which allowed me to sell it a year later. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like you can't sell your business if if you are the business, right? Like if the business exactly. can't do without you. So uh, so let's. Uh, I also know that in your book you talk about the four phases of viability. So for you know these businesses that are looking to sell, uh, break it down for us. What are these phases that um, these businesses need to go through in order to be viable? So actually, it's the owner who has to go through those phases. The business doesn't need to go through all the phases. Yeah. Uh, The first phase is for the owner to really get clear about what they want, what their Mm -hmm. intention is, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to sell your business just to to sell your business, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Okay, you get a good chunk of change. What do you do with it? What is your purpose going to be? What is your life going to look like? 
Uh, I sold businesses for several entrepreneurs who didn't ask this question. And when their business was gone, they suddenly had this big vacuum in their life mm. and they were actually unhappy. You know, yeah. they bought the boat, they bought the house, but then they realized that there was no point because they actually didn't like to go out on the water. <laughs> no point uh, uh, having the boat. So the first step is to figure out what is the ideal life for you. And when you when you figure that out, what you want it to be, is it running this business? Is it running another business? Is it mm. being uh, a philanthropist? Is it, you know, retiring and mm. spending time with friends or family? What is it? So figure that out. And when you know that, you can actually calculate what it requires to get there financially, which I call the magic number. And when you have your magic number, you can calculate your magic number. By the way, uh, I have a free tool on my website called magicnumbercalculator.com. Mm. So you can go there and you can figure it out for yourself. So when you have your magic number, then you know that this is the amount you need to harvest from your business to be able to get to your ideal life. And then there's another calculator which allows you to figure out how to take your business to that point. It's called valueandgrowthcalculator.com. So you can value your business now. You can calculate the value you need to reach in the future what, over your time horizon. What is the growth rate you need to accomplish? And when you have that, then you go to phase two, which is orchestrating the business that we have talked about, the seven management concepts, implementing them in your business with the management blueprints. And many cases that will take you, your business to the value that you are seeking. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not enough. Then you have to go to phase three, which is engineering value drivers into your business, uh, fine-tuning your business to make it really attractive to a buyer, which I call grooming. Mm. Uh, and then the fourth phase is the transition. So it could be a transaction to, um, to monetize your business. It could be a full sale, or it could be a partial sale, or it could be a recapitalization where you are leveraging the company and taking the money out that you need for your next chapter. And then you need to decide whether you want to be a passive owner of the business or you want to run the business, have partners, what do you want? And how do you transition to this, uh, this, uh, this lifestyle? And, uh, and that, this is how you come full, full circle. You, you transition into your ideal life, whatever it is, and, uh, and have a viable business. Often you want to keep the business because it's fun to have a business that is self-managing. So you don't need to be Stressing, stressed all the time. Don't want you to work in it mm -hmm. only to the extent that you uh, that you want to do it. Um, then maybe there's no point selling. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, the transition that's phase four. Yeah, I really like how this is about the business owner and uh, really asking themselves that question of like, why? First of all, why do I want to sell the business? What do I want to do when I get that chunk of change? You know, and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, what do I? Want, what What would I like to do in this next chapter of my life? Because I could imagine that, just like what you mentioned in your example, for these business owners who ended up selling, um, they bought the boat, they you know they bought the dream life essentially, and it just was completely unfulfilling. <laughs> I think. That when we're in the thick of it, when we're in the weeds, when we're in business, of course, we think of stuff like that. We imagine like, oh, it'd be so great if I could just like shut it all off and just live on a boat or what have you. But when you're finally there, um, I think you have different needs. You know, you actually realize that maybe what you were dreaming of is not what you actually want once you are able to get out of that and, you know, sell your business and have this new chapter of your life. So I really like that, you know, before they even consider selling to really ask themselves, what is that going to look like for me when I transition out of my business? 
Yeah, that's an important question. And that's the first one to ask. And that actually helps you answer a lot of questions. It will help you answer what type of uh, you know, harvesting you, you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you want to continue to run your business, maybe you want a private equity partner, maybe you want a minority um, partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want uh, a banking relationship where you can de-risk yourself, de-risk your family. Mm. Uh, or maybe you don't even need that because maybe your financial needs are are, are can be satisfied for jump, just taking uh, dividends from the company. Mm-hmm. So that's going to answer a lot of questions for you. And in terms of your exit, if you decide to exit, then it still depends on, on what you want your legacy to be. If you don't mind the company being absorbed in a big industrial you know, strategic uh, group, a fortune group or whatever, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you have more flexibility. If you want uh, the company to carry your legacy uh, for a longer time, then maybe you will transition to your management team who will keep the company in its form. And maybe you keep a stake so you, you prevent them from selling it to whoever they want. So it all depends on what your ideal life is. And, uh, and you know, there's, and there's no reason why you couldn't create that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all of that, Steve. And uh, I just think it's a it's a great thing for business owners con- to consider uh, in order to make their business viable. Uh, I want to make sure I've uh, covered on my basis here. So is there anything else you want people to know about your book, Viable, Your Guide to Building a Self-Managing, Fast-Growing, and High-Profit Business? Well, yeah. So if you're interested in the book, uh, then I encourage you to buy it. It's on Amazon. Uh, you just Google Viable by Steve Pader. If you want to learn more before you, you know, you you take your wallet out, that's fine. And then you can go on biblebusiness.com and you can download the first 40 uh, pages of the book mm-hmm. and learn uh, all about the four phases and uh, my story and, and some of my clients' stories. Uh, if you want to figure out that your business is viable or not, then you can go on biblebusiness.biblityassessment.com mm-hmm. and you can... Uh, fill uh, a survey and uh, it will give you an answer around the six factors of viability, tell you exactly in which way your business is viable and where do you need to do some work to make it more viable. And you can use the calculators as well that I mentioned earlier. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Steve, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I feel like I learned so much for you from you. So I want to thank you again so much for joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks for having me, Jen. It was fun. And once again, to our listeners, this is Steve Preda, who is a business coach at Traction Equity. His website is tractionequity.com. And he also is the author of the book. Go ahead and get it on Amazon today called Viable, Your Guide to Building a Self-Managing, a Self-Managing, Fast-Growing, and High-Profit Business. Uh, with that said, thank you all so much for joining us. And we will chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? 
where we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.